The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. And we're back, and what are we doing today? You know, I just got a sense. You know, we've had pilot, we had an astronaut, but I just think with this show, it's going to be so good, It's you're going to feel like you fit a hole in one. Wow, I thought my humor was bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I hit it square. Peter, it's right down the middle Peter, of the fairway. Peter, it's the only time he's ever hit right down the fairway, <laughs> Peter. Okay, welcome to our guest. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to have to have you introduce him now. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Peter Rippa, giving us an insight into the world of golf and golf events during this COVID crisis. I, I actually think, talk about trends, bends, and opportunities. I think you, you're seeing bends. I think that's where we're gonna find out is you're seeing bends and opportunities in, in golf, which I think uh, Peter I, might tell us was baby on the slide. I, I think with your yeah. thing, it is about bends. <laughs> yeah, bend Going around corners. Yes, and, oh yeah. <laughs> now I had them long and straight. But what, Peter, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, it's it's funny. Both you know, when you talk about events and then you talk about the business of golf and the actual participation side, there's been bends, there's been twists. I mean, and, and one side is flourishing and the other side is uh, having, you know, has had their challenges just like all the other uh, professional sports and the team sports have had. Whereas on the participation side and getting out there and playing during COVID, uh, it's, it's one of those activities that, you know, when everything else is shut down, I mean, we even talked about hiking on trails and the, and the density of, you know, being in a gym, uh, all of that's been shut off. Uh, but golf, when you're on 150 acres and there's only maybe 400 people out there or 300 people at a time, and they're spread out over that 150 acres, people were able to get out there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, we're part of uh, Pat, uh, part of Club Corps, and from what I'm understanding, you know, the travel benefit of being able to go out and play golf, you can't get tee times at all these courses anymore because there's, it's it's not an event, but it's it's a, you know, it's a it's a game, but everybody wants to go out golfing. And it's hard to get in, hard to get space. So, what? So tell us a little bit about about your background with golf and the PGA. Sure. So um, I had actually worked 16 years with American Junior Golf Association uh, from uh, intern all the way up to uh, assistant executive director and then went on to the PGA tour to a um, to an event at um, Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. And as their tournament director, I uh, was there for five years and then another eight, uh, then another yeah, eight years at um, Torrey Pines in San Diego, the Farmers Insurance Open. And running those two events in two uh, dramatically different markets, but similar in that uh, that Dallas was the big brother, 
to the east and then to the north in San Diego, you had LA. So we had to work harder in both those markets, but I had two incredible golf courses at Colonial Country Club and then um, Torrey Pines, which is uh, host of the US Open uh, this coming year. And running events is one that is a challenge. Everything that the event is responsible for versus the PGA Tour the PGA Tour conducts the competition inside the ropes and the way PGA Tour events uh, host organizations that run the events on the local level, they're responsible for everything that occurs on the outside. So that's all the logistics of parking, transportation, concessions, security, uh, the hospitality, the fan areas, the crowd pleasers or restroom trailers, uh, all of that. <laughs> Yeah, so it, 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 you know, with 150,000 people on property, it, there's a lot of moving parts, but it is incredibly rewarding. And it's, it is, it's like a caravan when the PGA Tour has 48 events during the course of the year. Uh, that one week of the year, it's just like uh, Atlantis. It comes up from the ocean and built, and then it's torn down the next, you know, it'll take three weeks, but it's, it's torn down immediately after the event leaves the city. Doc, they got 150 acres. I don't know why they need uh, restroom trailers. <laughs> you know, I spent enough time in the woods and the weeds. There's plenty of spots back there. Well, Peter, before COVID, how many people would show up at a PD, uh, you know, for um, a tour event? A tour, tour event, yeah. So, yeah, we, and I guess, you know, you can tell me the direction we go here. I mean, we can talk about events and we'll talk about participation. I can give you stats in the boat. But, you know, you would have events in, in the, the bellwether or the uh, benchmark for PGA Tour events would be Phoenix, right? Uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So you're looking at about 600,000 people. And the average event, you're probably somewhere in the, for the entire week, you're looking at 100, 150,000. Um, the week of the Players' Championship was the second week of um, March. Uh, is when everything changed. The one player for the Utah Jazz tested positive on that, I think it was on a Tuesday night for COVID. Uh, and then all of a sudden there were teammates that had it. And the next day, um, I think it was on Friday on the PGA Tour, um, the entire sports world closed down. So from that point, uh, and that was the middle of March, the players all the way until June, I think it was the 12th was the first event professional golf, much like team sports, were shut down. And at that same time, if you go all the way through May of this year, year over year on the participation side, the rounds, the impact of the rounds, they were down 15, uh, 16% year over year. So those, play, those people who were playing, it was down 16% because really hadn't got back from, from March into, you know, throughout April to get back out there and play. Well, how did the, um, obviously the PGA had to respond and they, you know, kind of a, basically the same shutdown, but how do the golfers yeah. respond so, to this and have right. to kind of adapt? Yeah, so during that time period, I mean, you, and leading into the summer, you had uh, 11 events canceled. So you had 48 events in the schedule. During that time, you know, the PGA Tour is putting together a uh, plan and it's not, none of these uh, tours, none of the leagues did it in a vacuum. 
you know, they were communicating to each other, but they were also had the medical officials um, that they were communicating not only in the state level, but the, the national level and understanding how they can protect their athletes, how they can continue operations, what, what that would look like, what the new protocol would need to be and the plan that the PGA Tour um, had worked with and putting together over those weeks were to create a protocol where they basically created a, a bubble and they were the first of the, the, the major sports to get back to play in the middle um, that second week of, of June to where now players, it was just player and caddying and they got tested before they came and they got tested when they were there. But now you're talking about 156 players and all their caddies. Nobody else could, you know, were coming to the events. Um, you had, you know, some managers that would um, lead up to on tournament week, but the, as far as the travel, they kept that very tight. The PGA Tour had charters for the players to get to and from events. And they had to have the players in, in communicating this. That was the biggest piece that they hit home and you, you, took, you had players take ownership of is that, listen, we could put the best plan in the world to place, but if you guys don't uh, buy in and own it, and decide, you know what, I don't, I'm not going to order room service, or I'm not going to stay at this hotel, I'm going to stay in a house, or I'm going to, you know what, I can really dine for, I always love this steak place when we go to this town. You, you can't do that. And similarly with friends or family, you go where it's in your hometown, and you, you're going to decide to go and visit them or have a good time, and you know, can't do it. And it was dicey, guys. I mean, the first Four weeks, they had a, they had five players and two caddies test positive. And let's, it, and talk, just, let's talk about that bubble when we come back yeah, from the break yeah, yeah. and, and the, the difficulties of that as well. Yeah. Total Career Growth is proud to sponsor two great podcasts from host Doc and the Cop. Holy crap, how they do that takes a look at disruptive thinking. Each episode, Doc and the Cop break apart disruptive thinkers and give you actionable intelligence that you can use to do what you never thought possible. On Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, it's the show that looks at business ups, downs, challenges, and successes. Each episode, Doc and the Cop interview top business leaders. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We're talking about the um, the bubble. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's not even a perfect solution. Right. But it, it is fairly effective. You're talking about 150 plus players plus their caddies, and you're still, you know, your your positive rate for as as often as they're being tested is actually um, pretty low. But as we see in regular society, it's all broken down to your weakest link. Right. And the guy who the guy who says, you know, yeah, the heck with it. When we go to Savannah, I'm going to the pink house for dinner, you know, even, you know, I, cause I know Savannah is a tour stop. Uh, and you know, people, like you said, they go to certain spots and they, that's where they want to go. Um, you know, hang out with their friends or be, or maybe they own restaurants or own businesses, there, or own homes. And, uh, um, the bubble's only as good as the people that contain it, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're right on. I mean, so the, the, the challenge was and what guys in the, in their minds, cause so they, they were, they were watching TV, right. They're following um, as this is uh, exploding and especially in Northern States and in, in, um, in the Midwest that 
the PGA Tour normally, I mean, throughout their schedule is played in very warm weather. And early in the season, they're not as in those dense major cities that you would have in the, in the north. But during that time period, they had 3,652 tests um, for those, you know, those first um, weeks, those first five weeks. Well, as you stated, I mean, you, you get players in the back of their minds, they're thinking they're just waiting for the shoe to fall. They're waiting, you know, that it replicates to what we see in the country and they're waiting for beyond those five to test there. And what happens is now you got players quarantined. He can't play the next week until he gets a negative test. So now it's cutting into their livelihood as well. And so now I got to be honest. I mean, four weeks in, you're just waiting for the other shoe to fall where you're going to have one week between and you go to the next event and you've got eight players and the, constant and, and you've seen it in, throughout the media but also throughout the the sports the question keeps coming out when you know when to the commissioner when would you shut it down <laughs> you know what is the number that and trying to pin them in a corner and it's like we're talking to the you know the medical officials we're talking to the, you know we're, we're at the pulse of the um testing but we're also monitoring those who are getting positive tests and understand and we're learning more and the, the officials are guiding us through this because they're learning on the ground as well. So there was, there was I, I, they showed great pause, uh, poise in those questions, but I gotta, I gotta tell you this, like after week four, I think it was in Detroit, after they got through that week, um, now you're just talking about, uh, so that's in July, now you're just talking about the end of the season being the end of August. And there was a feeling like I they may finish the season. You know, they're not going to be, they're not going to have to cancel an event. And the stats from that point forward, the first three weeks, they had five players and two caddies. The next five, they had none. Of all the players, 156, and they're not the same 156 players. <laughs> so obviously it's not the same 156 caddies. Um, and it was also a little dicey too, that they had, it wasn't until July 25th and the, the big events coming up, July the 25th, that you had uh, those players, international players who weren't here in the States, that those restrictions were lifted. So, you know, leading up to the last five weeks of the season, um, you had very limited positive tests. Uh, they were able to finish the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship and crown a champion. And it's it's one of those, it's like to have the season not interrupted, not lose the events other than the events that were canceled that chose not to host, but not like they were at the Players' Championship where they played Thursday and then it was over Friday. So in a normal year, you start when and end when on the PGA Tour? So the, the normal year, what they've created is a, um, a wraparound season. So it would start in October and it would finish in August or actually September and then finish in August. So are they playing right now? They are. They and, are. And what about the fans? Are the fans allowed? Uh, so, you know, we, we've seen a variety of different things where mm -hmm. no fans are allowed and then maybe one fan every six feet. <laughs> right. 
they have cardboard cutouts lining the uh, fairway. Right, but... <laughs> no, so crowd noise, pumped in crowd noise, right? Yeah. And it's a, you know it depends on the markets, you know, and, the, and those markets and where they are uh, with the state regulations, and but also where they are with the pandemic uh, in that market. But uh, Houston had fans, Bermuda, obviously, you know, being an island, they were. All, I mean, for them, it's we'll do, we're going to do everything we can because we're all about tourism. And that's why we're hosting an event. Um, so there have been events where it's been limited fans and then others where it's just limited guests and that be the title sponsor. And then now what the PJ Tour has uh, adopted to where the players are allowed to have a plus one. So maybe your wife, you know, maybe dad <laughs> comes out. Hopefully it's um, the same plus one throughout that's the, right. the lockdown. <laughs> so so I, I know we're coming up on a break, but I know one of the people, we, one of the groups we haven't talked about with an event is sponsors. Let's get right. to that when we come well, back. Are you ready for growth? Check out TotalCareerGrowth.com. TotalCareerGrowth.com is your source for everything you need to grow your business in today's environment. Check out TotalCareerGrowth.com, your source for live recorded and virtual training check out totalcareergrowth.com don't forget to like follow or share this podcast wherever you're tuned in so peter i know with consulting and with being in pga let's face it you can't do it without right. sponsors but yet sponsors need eyeballs they need participants right. what do you do yeah so uh, let me I'll, I'll give you the business model of how it's structured so the host organization in, in each one of those communities, much like here in the Tampa area with the uh, Copperheads, they're uh, a 501c3. Uh, so through that um, event or through that organization, the monies that they generate, obviously they support community charities. The, the buckets, as you mentioned, are your title sponsor. Those are, these are your key buckets, your title sponsor, your sponsorships, hospitality, and Pro-Am represent your largest revenue opportunities. And that all told, that's probably um, your title sponsor somewhere around say 25, 30%. Uh, those other three, the hospitality sponsorship and Pro-Am, um, you're looking at somewhere around another 50%. So with that, and that's operating revenue, you, you can't deliver those you can't deliver hospitality, you can't deliver the sponsorships. And then the pro-ams, now they've restarted. Uh, it's been about three, four, about three months that they've uh, restarted the, the pro-ams, but that makes it incredibly challenging uh, for these nonprofits because now all of a sudden you're upside down um, seven figures, which the, the tour provided support to execute the event one time through, but the sponsors certainly didn't receive the level of value that they had bought. Those title sponsors with just TV didn't receive the level of value that they had purchased into. And it's un yeah, understand that's one year. And many of these events turn that Wednesday uh, pro-am activity into a charity event where players, and we've seen them, many of these made for TV charity events. We've got one this weekend. I think Charles Barkley is actually, actually going to grace us with his uh, golfing prowess with uh, with Phil Mickelson and then Steph Curry. Um, so these events 
took the place of the pro-ams and then charity still a centerpiece for the corporate responsibility for these title sponsors, which was important not only for the, the brand and showing the brand and their support uh, through the telecast, but also true hard dollars in the communities that they try to make a difference because the charities and in those communities took a heavy hit. I mean, you think about all those who, um, even in the team sports, who worked ancillary uh, and all that little ecosystem that were lost and out of work. Oh, absolutely. And you got the small to medium businesses that may, you know, maybe right. shut down, obviously, you know, if you're not a, a, a Publix, you know, selling more toilet paper than you've ever, you know, sold in your life, or you're not an Amazon or somebody like that with the, uh, with deep pockets and, and that, again, that continual source, a lot of manufacturing was, is really lightened up right now, obviously service industry. Uh, so a lot of these, uh, people at the lower levels, uh, it's it's uh, it trickles down, right? They can't be charitable no. When, no. when they're not getting enough no. money to pay their rent. They can't make a donation or or participate. Even if even if you could have a pro am, they can't participate because they don't have the money or their revenue is way down. Right. So I mean, when you're looking at um, you look at your catering concession companies, you look at your video board screen companies, your tenting and temporary tenting and structure companies there's nobody's calling on them for anything because you can't have a dense um, group of people at a, at a live event anywhere. Uh, and, and it's not cost effective, uh, effective to find yourself in one of those areas, you know, repurpose to just say, why couldn't you open a restaurant or why couldn't you just sell outside your back door? So I, I guess the bend I'd be in, thinking about would be, so if, if the fans aren't coming and the sponsors aren't coming, what does golf do to bend to survive? Right. So as we go into 2021, that's, that's the big question, right? I mean, so as you go into 2021, one year, understand we made our way through it, but as you go and, and we're thankful here to be in Florida because I mean, the, the early season events in 2021 are in California. So those events in California and where they are with the pandemic versus where we are in the markets that we have, but also the Florida events on the PGA Tour aren't until March. Well, a lot can happen in the next 30, 60 days. Whereas, you know, you come, it comes to nut crunching time for California, where those events in January in Hawaii, um, they they have to make an announcement as to, I can't sell you hospitality. I can't have fans on property. I can't have the Pro-Am experience, but it's gonna be, this is what the Pro-Am experience is gonna be. Are you still in it? Um, one year, many of those sponsors said, you know what, what you know, you can keep our, um, our commitment and just advance it towards 2021. Well, 2021, now they're in a business situation where either they deliver or we've got to make sure that we sustain our existence. Yeah, we're looking to continue to sell and market and build client relationships, but we can't just write a blank check to keep you guys you know, up without any return of value. You have to return that value. So 
the predicament that you provide, I mean, you, you suggest the, the one saving grace for those events in California, they were played last year. So this would be their first cycle through experiencing what everybody else did. They all, yeah, March they get it. They get a run. At, <laughs> they get a run at the uh, pinata <laughs> this time. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, well, and the nature of the way it's set up with the uh, the way the PGA is set up, um, you can't really crunch the season up like like they like they're able to do with. Uh, you know, the, the team sports, right. Uh, and the way that, you know, like, you, you know, you're planning a certain event in a certain location at a certain time. And, you know, it's not the same as having a football schedule that, that you can move things around or whatnot. There's, right. there's so much more into planning all aspects of a PGA event than a, than a Sunday afternoon football game. Right. Cause you just, you turn on the lights in the facility Right. You get yeah. security going, whereas with it's it's a 90 day, depending on the size of your um, your event and your build, if you're looking at 300 plus thousand uh, square foot of uh, floor space that you're building, and it's a 90 day build, you know, it's a 80 day build with great weather. Right. Well, and, and so, you have to bring in everything. It, it, it's it's right. almost like you're putting on a mini because I'm, I'm not going to take it away from the NFL. It's like a mini Super Bowl every right. week. Right. Right. Because you're so, building a whole experience. Yeah. The golf course exists, but that's not the experience. Right. And the, the other, whole, I mean, it's the, it's the hospitality. It's the uh, uh, it's all, I mean, hundreds of and hundreds of golf carts brought in for, for, for each event. Right. And then for the title sponsor to get their value, obviously yeah. they're getting TV, but they're also looking at their, their clients and they're looking at their employees. They're looking at their customers. You know, so they will, many of them will leverage their annual meeting around that week's event. And if they don't have the ability to host at those two main host hotels or the one major host hotel with all that convention space that they can walk over in 10 minutes and get to the golf course and have the rotation of three to 4,000 guests a week in an A, B, and C group that they rotate through, it doesn't pencil out as the value for them. So that's where, you know, where I offer that, you know, one year understandable, two cycles, that's dramatic. And they are going to, you know, certainly I have to spend our money elsewhere. Claw that mo- the dollars back and or having a conversation as to, you know, what is sports marketing and, um, and sponsoring an event the direction that we want to connect with this high demographic group. Well, um, and you just want to get into that spot. Yeah, exactly. One year, um, an anomaly, two years, right. you start reconsidering. When we get back from the break, let's let's get done with this doom and gloom. Let's talk some opportunities because I know <laughs> there's some opportunities there. Total Career Growth is proud to sponsor two great podcasts from host Doc and the Cop. Holy crap, how'd they do that? takes a look at disruptive thinking. Each episode, Doc and the Cop break apart disruptive thinkers and give you actionable intelligence that you can use to do what you never thought possible. On Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, it's the show that looks at business ups, downs, challenges, and successes. Each episode, Doc and the Cop interview top business leaders. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. So Peter, uh, there's got to be some you know, there's a silver lining to every uh, cloud. 
what are some opportunities or what are some things that you've learned through this that you're going to be able to employ in future years uh, that that won't necessarily uh, matter that there's a pandemic or not a pandemic, but what are some things that, that have kind of come along uh, that's a positive? What opportunities? Well, I think, you know, you see that when the lights came on for PGA Tour events early in the season, um, and you had 11 events canceled. You had guys cooped up for uh, those eight, eight weeks. The events benefited by players playing more often to get competitively ready. And some of those events had the strongest fields they ever had. With that, you got, we were so accustomed to uh, one on-demand cord cutting. We just popped up whatever we wanted to watch but now one of the last bastions, and this is certainly bodes well for the um, network, but also bodes well for advertisers is the live TV or live programming sports represents the greatest opportunity because it is consumed live and people want to see it live. So we were at a point then in, in June when we would watch anything. We were done with the cornhole tournaments. We were, you know, we were, done with Korean baseball. It's like, give us something. And <laughs> now what we've seen too is, you know, the PJ tour and then I'll use the, the pun here, but they parlayed the, the effort too with sports betting's popularity and had prep and leading into sports betting and integrating that into the broadcast and, uh, and their event in Las Vegas actually fully integrated it into the broadcast and even DraftKings in just an article I, I read last week in, uh, in the Wall Street Journal talked about their strategies as the NFL and college football and you've got games being canceled. How can we cross promote and they integrated golf into the strategy and had some cross bets, but it's also lends itself to a head to head because you can take up one player against another player for a bet, but then you can also take the opportunity where there's a there's a bet with every shot you got 156 players out there is a shot every 30 seconds but now the crossover all right well bryson dechambeau hit a 400 yard drive will his drive be longer than the yardage of the best nfl quarterback this sunday and, you know so having that part of the strategy when you're competing for viewership in, a, in an era where on demand and, and the netflix and uh, Hulu, you know, commanded so much. It's like, if somebody has a bet on a game, they are 60 times more likely to watch. So couple that with integrating and where now we're becoming desensitized to seeing odds as well as seeing bets in broadcast, in sports, and you're going to have, you've got states and you, you see it and even just getting the vaccine out. You've got states saying we're broke. You know what? Sports betting, that's it, represents a heck of a lot of revenue. Uh, maybe morally more comfortable with sports betting than we would be with legalizing marijuana. So I think you've got a number of states that have adopted it, but when you're looking at balancing the budget and then also we've integrated into our programming and the sports have maintained and have worked hard to maintain the integrity, I think as we look forward to an opportunity for sports, especially for professional golf, who you know, who the PGA Tour has led that way, it's it's something that has some um, 
some, certainly shown early traction and to see a major player in the space like DraftKings integrate golf into their strategy is important. Uh, we got to wrap up here, unfortunately, but uh, do you have a favorite quote that you rely on for finding opportunities or working through difficult situations? Yeah, I, I always go back to this and that, you know, what made you successful today will not necessarily make you successful tomorrow. So you can't feel so comfortable when you feel that level of comfort, it's time to get nervous. Uh, and you just got to turn over the rocks. And I think living through the re great recession as we have, uh, similarly through the pandemic, um, we talked about it's, it's not snow day. And this is the time you turn over every rock for you know those opportunities for cost of uh, containment, but also you look at, all right, follow where uh, that attention is following, where, it, where the attention now is flowing in those trends and see if you can insert yourself in that point. I love it. Uh, yeah. That's a great perspective to have. And I'm sure that's what makes you successful at what you do. And, and I think as we, as we issue a challenge to our listeners and watchers that we've got to think bigger that, um, and I would even add, the game may have to change. The way we view the game may have to change, right? And um, because you know we can't do it the way we've done it before. I've been saying that for seven, eight years, and then we have to reach higher. We have to anticipate coming out of this. You know, in, in the pandemic, we've talked about who have we been, who have we become, and who are we willing to become. And I think, especially when we look at sports. And we look ahead, we say, who have we got to become to really, because we're tired of watching the Cornhole Championship. Or, right. You know, and, and, and Johnsonville, I'm going to tell you, they got their money's worth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnsonville was on every board. It was on every step and repeat. Sometimes when you we had for three weeks. <laughs> and then we have to do what we never thought possible. And I think part of that is too many people haven't thought about what was possible. And that's where if you take the game of golf, if you're expecting to do today what you did last week or last year or five years ago, you may be surprised. Yeah, you might be left behind. Yeah. So, yeah. so Peter, Peter, thank you for very informative, very insightful view. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.